Whoa, good jump. She's excited. Look at that. See, you can tell we were talking yesterday about the fact the jumpers know when they've got the big jump off. They don't need that measurement to tell them that it's a good jump. She doesn't know exactly how good it is. Welcome to Athletes Interrupted. Candid discussions about the challenges, grit, and resilience of current and former collegiate athletes as they entered and exited both the academic and athletic world of college and collegiate sports. The accounts were recorded on campus by students and faculty, creating a candid look into their personal stories and experience. The interviews were conducted by Dr. Joyce Michael Flynn, currently a professor at Sacramento State, and Bethany Crouch, student, athlete, and academic success coordinator at the university. Lauren Wong is currently a student athlete on the Sacramento State track and field team. Falling in love with the sport during high school, she then decided to attend Sacramento State and is entering her final year at Sac State studying psychology. After graduation, she'll be pursuing a master's degree related to sports psychology. In spite of injuries, Lauren speaks to her experience in navigating college both as a student and an athlete. Hi, I'm Dr. Joyce Michael Flynn, and I'm working with Bethany Crouch. And today, I'll let Bethany introduce one of her favorite athlete students. I work in the Student Athlete Resource Center at Sacramento State, and today we are talking with Lauren Wong, who is a track athlete, student athlete of ours with a very great story, very decorated, and I'm really looking forward to athletes hearing your story. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> So to start off, you know, like with many athletes, you didn't just start when you got to college. There's a, there's a story there. So give us a little background of when you started your sport and what that recruiting process looked like to get you here to Sacramento State. Yeah, so I started track when I was a freshman in high school. I did gymnastics for a long time before that, um, but I just kind of saw the end of my gymnastics career happening when high school was starting. Um, I wanted to be a little bit more social, have more friends at school, and do things with them um, instead of spending like 24 hours a week in the gym. Um, <laughs> so I switched over to track because a lot of my friends were doing track, and so they were like, oh, you should come out, you'll be pretty good, like high jump and it'll be fun so I tried just about every jump under the sun mm. that year um, really took on to triple jump ended up breaking the school record my freshman year and thinking oh I could probably wow. be pretty good at this um, so I just kept at it for the rest of high school not really planning on going to college for it like I was like oh it'd be cool if I could also do it while I'm at college but academics was definitely the focus for me um, so I ended up being contacted by the jumps coach at Sacramento State and he was like oh you should come out for a visit just see if you like it see if it's something that would work for you and so I was hesitant at first because I am from the Sacramento area and I didn't really want to stay close to home um, kind of a lot of my friends were like we want to get as far away from our hometown as possible um, but I came on my visit at Sac State, loved it, absolutely loved the atmosphere, the team, the coaching staff. And my mom just told me, if this was an hour and a half further away from home, you would be there immediately. So just think about that. And I was like, yeah, I should definitely go to Sac State. Well, we're so grateful, one, that you did. And I'm local as well, so we got to talk about that experience and that college, no matter where you go, it's the experience that you make out of it. So talk to us a little bit about 
your initial couple of years at Sacramento State and how that looked academically and athletically. Yeah, so academically, I would say it went much more smoothly than athletically. Um, <laughs> so through high school, I was very academically focused and got like all A's through most of high school. Um, I took like six AP classes, got college credit for three of them, and then AP credit that turned into college credit for all of them. Um, so I ended up coming into college with a full year of credits, um, making me academically a sophomore when I got here, um, which was kind of weird. <laughs> also being an athlete and then kind of having that more different view on college, because um, a lot of my teammates or a lot of athletes go to college for athletics. And so going for academics instead was definitely a different kind of point of view. Um, athletically was much more a challenge. I don't know, I wouldn't say that my high school wasn't very demanding athletically, but it was definitely a whole nother level once I got to college. So I ended up injured in the fall of my freshman year and out for six weeks, not getting back until after the first indoor meet that we had. So I only had two indoor meets my freshman year. First one absolutely tanked it. I had put like so much pressure on it being my first college meet and then I got there and just totally didn't do well, um, which was very tough to handle. It was like I was jumping worse than I had for years because I just didn't know what was going on anymore. Um, and not because like the sport changed or anything. It was just there were so many other factors that kind of layered into that meet. Can you talk about some of those factors? What were some of the factors that layered in there? Yeah, so I think I had put a lot of pressure on it because when I came into Sac State, I wasn't in high school. I had kind of perceived myself as, oh, I'm like one of the best in the area at my event. Like I had won our league championship three times in a row. I had won division championship two times in a row. I had made it to state two years in a row. And so I was like, yeah, I'm kind of like on top of my game. And when you get to college, everyone is that top level of high school athletics, <laughs> if not way better than that. So it was hard for me to, like I knew that going in, but it was hard to actually keep reassuring yourself that like, it's okay, everyone's the best now. Cause I had like, just hit the minimum walk-on standard um, after senior year was over. So I was like, wow, should I even like be on the team? And so mm -hmm. I felt like I had to prove that I could compete and be on the team mm -hmm. at that first meet. Nobody expected me to, like I was a freshman with zero college competition experience. And it was like an indoor facility. I'd never done indoor track before. And like after that meet, my coach told me, you know, I didn't like expect you to show out or anything. And I was like, okay, <laughs> great, I guess. Like I was still kind of reeling from it. Mm -hmm. um, before that meet, I also had like a terrible winter break at home, just dealing with anxiety and kind of struggling with figuring out what was going on in my head. Mm -hmm. um, just not necessarily related to school and track or anything, but just I've kind of been an anxious person my whole life. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it kind of really showed up that winter break. And so kind of coming off of that and trying to deal with everything else that was going on, the first meet was very difficult. 
Yeah, well, I think a lot of student athletes experience this, and the perception coming in from high school is like, oh, well, I'm I am a top recruit, so I should be able to perform exactly the same. And I think the factors that we don't always take into place, especially when you know you're 18, 17, 18, yeah. maybe 19 years old, is that your whole environment is changing. How how you train, who you train with, yeah. what do you eat. How are you sleeping? So, and you're being challenged mentally because the schedule of, you know, going to class, going to the athletic training room, going to practice, going to weights, maybe going to study hall. So it's all of these factors. And I think just being athletes, we're hard on ourselves. Like why? Like you had this expectation. Well, I, sh- I need to prove that I'm good enough to be here. Yeah. And the good news is that most coaches have seen this a time or two before and can understand like that's why freshman year is such a transition so thank you to speaking about that and speaking not only maybe school wasn't a stressor but it was just handling all that at once and working through anxiety and anxiety is going to show up when we're tapped in all areas right so I love that you shared that part with us and I'm very curious to hear like how how it got better or maybe how it evolved to your true sophomore year athletically and then you know into your junior year which is almost currently right yeah (laughs) yeah so the rest of freshman year kind of went a little better than that but didn't like really hit the expectations that I had had for myself like I had thought oh I'm gonna be jumping like the same marks, if not better, because I'm training better, I'm lifting weights for the first time, like, I just didn't realize, like, usually surviving your freshman year is, like, really hitting it on the head and doing well your freshman year, it's just making it through, um, so I ended up having patellar tendonitis through the rest of that season, um, and not addressing it, because I thought I could just push through it, it'll be fine, um, which is what basically any athlete ever thinks about physical pain we're like absolutely I can manage it it's okay (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'll just take like too many ibuprofen (laughs) um that knee pain ended up lingering into the fall of the next year and I ended up out for the whole fall um because I ended up going and seeing a doctor and they were like yeah you have splitting in your patellar tendons now that's like past the point of just tendonitis you gotta stop and you gotta rebuild from the bottom I was like oh cool that's great <laughs> um also during that fall we had a coaching staff switch um which was very stressful for everybody on the team because first our head coach didn't get his contract renewed and then we knew we were getting a new head coach but they had told us that the head coach gets to determine who the assistant coaches are so then every coach's job was on the line and all of the athletes were stressed tons of people talked about transferring um very few people actually transferred once it got down to it um but we didn't end up having a solid coaching staff until november so that was three whole months of nobody really knowing what was going on and also i wasn't doing anything (laughs) um so it was difficult but you know we kind of were able to lean on each other as a team and know that we would all at least be there so we could probably get through it together it might not be a great year like on paper but we could totally just make it happen um 
we ended up being very fortunate and getting an amazing new coaching staff. We all absolutely love every coach that we got. So it ended up working out very well. But before we weren't really keeping an open mind. We were like not wanting new coaches to come in, but we were like, we really love our old coaches too. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you going to be better? And then once we kind of just let things take Mm -hmm. course and take flight, it ended up working out really well. And it ended up working out so well that the women's team won indoor and outdoor conference Mm -hmm. (laughs) this year, Mm -hmm. which was awesome. Unfortunately, I was still kind of injured through all of it, so I didn't get to attend either conference meet, which is another thing that you don't think about when you're a high schooler is that only half of your team gets to go to conference championship meets, um, so you might not be one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, those are both situations as far as like new coaching staff something completely out of your control Mm -hmm. and as a student athlete with you know the five years of eligibility that a lot of those thoughts run through your head of should I transfer will this coaching staff be you know good or not and as again as someone that's evolving from 18 to 22 years old that's a whole nother um, type of lesson to of how you manage situations that are out of your control and how you react to them right so in this case it worked out well for you yeah but just as far as advice for student athletes that might go through this again because this is a part of collegiate athletics coaches leave contracts and um, situations happen that are beyond your control mm-hmm. So during that time, I know you said you really like rallied with your team to rely on one another. Is there any other advice that you would provide to a student athlete maybe going through a coaching change? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely difficult because I know for me, one of the reasons that I came to Side State was for my event coach and he ended up voluntarily leaving during the summer and we were like, okay, cool. We have no coach now. And then we didn't end up getting a coach until November. We mm-hmm. had no idea who this guy was on paper. We hadn't really been a jumps coach before. And so we were like, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? Like, this is wild. Um, but we were lucky to have a lot of like very strong leaders on the team. And so they were able to kind of circle us all back together and be like, hey, this is going to be okay. It's not like this hasn't happened to the program before because mm-hmm. yeah. the coaching staff was relatively new that we had when I came in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of our team leaders, team captains, they were like, it's going to be okay. We can handle it. We're like one of the strongest team bonded people mm-hmm. on this campus. It's going to be fine. And so just having people that I trusted around me definitely helped. Um, it was also helpful to have my support system at home who's completely removed from it because their emotions are not as high about it. (laughs) So talking to like my parents and my friends from home, just getting outside perspectives on it to kind of level the field, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe there's a couple of things that I'm thinking about, but I want you to go into what were some of the things that you were the decisions that you made, you go, these are good decisions. What are some of the decisions you made that you thought, mm, if I could, if I had a do-over, I'd do those over. But ultimately, then I'm going to ask you about what you learned. But 
people are going to want to know good, bad, and how'd you move through this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, from the injury side mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think one of the really good decisions that I made during like the first month of my freshman year was switching my major. Um, I came in as an athletic training major, and I had been told at orientation, as an athlete, you're not going to be able to make an athletic training major work because your like, clinical hours are going to be during your practice hours. You can't do clinical hours and practice hours at the same time. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll do like kines with exercise science or something instead. Um, during the first month of school, I just kind of wasn't sure if it was what I wanted to do anymore, mm-hmm. and so I kind of looked into other options, sports psychology really stood stood out to me and so I just immediately switched my major to psychology (laughs) um and then I haven't even looked back since it's been the best choice because I absolutely love every class that I've taken in psychology studying psychology has been a lot of fun to me I know it's not really fun for everybody but (laughs) it's been fun for me um so academically I set myself up well at the beginning um but then choices that I think I would redo are putting so much pressure on myself to perform well athletically and knowing like I think if I had known that it was okay to not do amazing my freshman year that would have helped me out a lot (laughs) I'm sure somebody had told me that at some point I just like didn't even think about it because I was like no I'm gonna do amazing it's gonna be fine (laughs) um I think I do wish that I had found my voice to say, hey, my knees still hurt halfway through that freshman year because then maybe I would have been able to train fully through my sophomore year and then perform better through my season in sophomore year. But, you know, I kind of got dealt some cards that I didn't want but just kept for a while. You know, I think that's a really good point that you make too about advocating and you know, Bethany and I have talked about this before and the notion of not wanting to let somebody know you're hurting because the fear, mm-hmm. you know, the fear that I'm going to lose my starting spot or the fear that I'm not going to jump or the fear around that. And, you know, in all honesty, that's kind of a real thing. Yeah. How did you talk about that fear aspect and then how did you kind of move through it and what would you tell yourself? if you were coaching yourself in 10 years? Yeah. So the fear came in because of the foot injury that I had before the knees. Um, I had already been out for six weeks, eight weeks, however long it was. Um, And so seeing all of that as time lost, I didn't want to lose any more time. Um, And I also didn't want to look like I was just broken all the time (laughs) I didn't want to look like I was making excuses to get out of workouts or like like I didn't want to work hard because all I wanted was to prove that I was like able to work hard and be on the team and like progress and improve my skills um I think where I really should have called it was we went on a trip down to Long Beach for me um And on the bus ride back, it was like the middle of the night, maybe two o'clock in the morning. And we're all like, everybody's asleep on the bus because we're just trying to get back before the next day so that we can all study and (laughs) be students. Um, But I woke up 
like just crying because my knees hurt so bad just sitting on the bus for four hours straight like that should have been the point where I stopped it and I just kept going from there for a whole nother month um it's no surprise to me why my marks weren't better than they were there was literally no way I could have <laughs> done better considering the circumstances um but I still thought why can't I do as well as so-and-so her knees hurt too like our whole event group kind of or at least for the girls no for the guys too everybody was hurting a lot that year but we all just kind of kept going because if I'm hurt she's hurt they're hurt everyone's hurt yeah. it's yeah. gonna be okay yeah. like clearly they can push through it so I can push through it because we're all strong and we're all trained the same <laughs> I should have said something to my athletic trainers when I was on my hundredth round of ice and stem and it wasn't helping anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so now I definitely am more proactive about things hurting, especially since many still give me some issues here and there. Um, I'm a lot more active in saying, hey, my knees are not feeling good today. What should I do to change the workout or do something different? Maybe it's a bike workout instead of actually running or a pool workout, like anything that gets me to the point where I'm actually able to train through the fall. Um, and even if I don't train through the fall, like what can I do to stay healthy through the season this year instead of having a different injury every two weeks? <laughs> yeah as you know as someone that started their sport in i guess the adolescent years right when and this happens for many collegiate student athletes they come and you know they get injured and then it's a game of pain management and you see you're right you see all of your teammates hurt too and like okay so what's their pain management routine and it becomes a very real part of how do I just do the absolute best I can with the injuries that I have? Yeah. And that's a hard thing to realize as an athlete because you want to be at your best so much. So how do you be at your almost best with said injuries? Yeah. And, and that's just a whole, I would say, like mind shift as well. I remember a point where I was like very similarly at gymnastics practice and um, Thankfully, there was a sports psychologist there, mm -hmm. and she was like, what's going on? And I was like, I can't do the top skill that I was recruited for. She's like, well, maybe you can do every other skill that you're capable of to the best of that ability and let go of that skill because your body mm -hmm. is not there anymore. And yeah. that that's a huge acceptance kind of journey and mm -hmm. getting to that, that side of it. So... As far as you know, some of the the decisions you've made academically and, and moving forward, we talked about having those years of eligibility. But in this case, like myself, I I ended with two years of eligibility left because my body had reached a point, and although I did a decent job of pain management, there was more after. So I know you you've kind of thought about that track. So kind of talk about what's next in that regard yeah so since I came in academically as a sophomore this year I'll be academically a senior I'm also just going to be a senior and graduate in three mm -hmm. years so graduating a full year early um one of the huge decisions to make was leaving the sport um 
you know, I never wanted to, like I had even decided, okay, I can get the major in psychology and then minor in something else and just stay for the whole other year doing that minor. Um, I even took one class for my minor and was like, yeah, it's fine. Like, <laughs> I don't really love it, but if it keeps me here for a whole nother year, that's great. Um, I think somewhere during registration, whenever it was that I was trying to figure out, oh, here's the classes that I need for my schedule. Here's my practice times. How do I kind of sort things around to get all the classes I need and also make it to practice on time with time to spare for eating, mm -hmm. like the necessities. Um, and I just could not make any of the classes for my minor fit with the side classes that I knew I needed to take. Um, and I was like on the phone with my mom trying to figure it out, like nearing a mental breakdown about it. And she was like, well, why don't you just switch your mate or switch your minor? And I was like, why don't I just not do the minor at all and just graduate early? And she was like, oh, well, I mean, you could do that too. <laughs> um, yeah. And I just realized like I was going to pay for a whole other year of school for my sport. But up to that point, the sport hadn't really been going well because <laughs> um, during that time also I was coming back from the second strand quad that I had during that season and I was like this is like how many more days can I spend in the training room so I was like it's either come back for a whole year of training and competing or it's coming back for a whole other year of being in the training room every single day and I just realized that that probably wasn't going to be the best choice for like the rest of my life <laughs> considering that I want to be able to walk up and down stairs when I'm 30 you know um and so I just I talked to you a lot in the SARC about could I actually make this work like is it going to be way too stressful and overwhelming to do it or could I actually feasibly do it and we found that I only had like two semesters worth of classes to take anyway, so it worked out very well. Um, so thanks to high school me for <laughs> dying over 18 classes. Yeah. But <laughs> and what are you know some of your your feelings around? I guess spring mm -hmm. being your last yeah. semester and kind of fast forwarding just a little bit mm -hmm. the. I guess the the, the retirement from the collegiate space yeah. of your sport. Yeah. So there, since I do have one year of actual eligibility left, I also have my like training redshirt year still. Mm -hmm. um, so theoretically, depending on where I go to grad school, I could continue my sport there. Mm -hmm. um, thinking about my physical health, that's not necessarily like what I'm itching to do. Um, which is a tough decision because I do love my sport to no end, but I can't let it hurt me forever, I guess. <laughs> Which is an unfortunate way to see it now, but I mean, even during this last season, like triple jump was my main event that I was recruited for. And like you said about your top skill, the athletic trainers told me you can't be doing triple jump anymore. Like it's just gonna, it's not gonna, keep you healthy like mm -hmm. just long jump from there on and I was like I've never been a long jumper before <laughs> and I ended up loving being just a long jumper I was like this hurts way less <laughs> but it was tough to make that switch and kind of 
let go of that event, even if it was only for that season. But it was tough because that was what I saw myself as. I was like, I'm a triple jumper and sometimes a long jumper. And then I was like, I guess I'm just a long jumper now. <laughs> um, yeah, so theoretically, I could continue while I pursue a master's degree. I'm not sure how that would pan out necessarily. I do know somebody who's done it before, um, but I don't actually know how it went for her as far as feeling stressed about completing it and feeling like comfortable completing it, all of that. Uh, the places that I'm looking at going to grad school though are not necessarily fits for doing track while in there. So that might be helpful <laughs> in letting yeah. it go, but also, it'll definitely be hard to retire from my sport. <laughs> you know, it's interesting as you talk about this too, because what I'm hearing is this isn't just a decision and done. This is a process. Mm -hmm. Like you will be taking this process and people like Bethany, who's the academic advisor, they help you in this process yeah. as you move into other parts of your life. And so I think that's really interesting to note that you don't wake up and say, this is my new me. It is like you make a decision. And as even as you're making that decision, you're thinking about, and life after this is going to mean this, and life after this is going to mean that. Yeah. And I think that's really an important point to make. Yeah. yeah, it's been difficult realizing that okay this is actually like going to be the last year but mm -hmm. realistically it's technically not my last year yet because right. i haven't dropped that minor yet i've still kind of kept it there mm -hmm. as a safety mm -hmm. in case i don't want to leave mm -hmm. um, which i think i do want mm -hmm. to graduate and move on and but, move on yeah because yeah. i know what my career goals are and so having that yeah. to fall into out of athletics is definitely helpful and also right. having been academically focused through the whole thing right being an athlete isn't what i feel is my only identity um and i think that's very difficult for a lot of athletes is i've been an athlete like my whole life what do i do when that's not there anymore like but the people that i've talked to who are done but have moved on to a career or grad school or things like that they're always very comfortable saying oh yeah like I just go for a job when I want to now mm -hmm. instead of having to do 400 repeats on the track yeah 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 <laughs> they're like I can go look at the river when I'm <laughs> yeah, there's a different. Well, yeah. so so let's on that vein in that vein let's go you know research has shown that student athletes actually do really well in the work world because of a lot of things that you gained through your athletic endeavors and being a student athlete. Yeah. And so you're going to, you're not necessarily going to the work world, but you're going into graduate school. But maybe can you talk a little bit about at this point, you know, what you've assimilated or learned or some of the wisdom you've picked up that you're taking forward that came directly from the highs and lows of this experience yeah that's a good question because <laughs> i don't know that i'm done necessarily picking up all the things that i'm going to oh, take with me mm -hmm. um since i'm not done yet mm -hmm. um, but i will say one of the things that i'll definitely take is i'm very strong as an individual and whatever challenges are going to be thrown at me 
I can handle them. Even if it's something that I've never encountered before, I'll probably find a way to make it work. That's basically what I've done. The whole time. You have. Yeah. 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 And you've recognized yeah. it. And I think that real quick, I think that's such an important point is the recognition that, oh yeah, I did work. I, I worked through that, or I worked. I did a workaround, or I did something to make me move forward. Yeah, and so like even when I wasn't training for my sport in the fall of last year, I was still out of practice. I was still like making relationships with my teammates and making sure that they knew that I could be there for them if they needed it. And like even though I was dealing with my own stuff, I needed them to make sure that like they were okay too. Um, and I was like, I'm not just going to focus on me and getting better because I can do that and focus on the team. I wouldn't necessarily call it like compartmentalizing because it wasn't like strictly separate things because it does all bleed together when yeah. it's all things that you are dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, but being able to separate my own feelings about my injury from what was going on with the team were very helpful <laughs> yeah yeah so going forward into grad school take into account too nice good well i you know this is so important for other people to hear this because we've done at different stages where people are at and i love the stage that you're in where you you made the decision and now you're still going to go to school and yet not be participating what um have you done some things to help you um in the process of dealing with this, like you're going to be on campus, you're going to be going to classes, you're going to be doing stuff, and that you're not going to be on that field. How are you going to work that? Yeah, so I've considered many different options as far as like where I'm going to go to grad school, what kind of program am I going to be in? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think whatever I'm doing aside from going to school is kind of going to depend on where I end up. Mm -hmm. um, because, like I said, I do still have those technically two years that I could use where I go. So maybe if I'm super healthy all year this year and I want to keep going, I can. Um, but if I don't end up doing that, I've considered like trying to become a graduate assistant coach wherever I am or trying to somehow be involved with the athletics department there because I do want to go into a career as a sports psychologist. So interacting with athletes at whatever school I end up at ends up helping me. I think being able to kind of be with the team but shift jobs mm -hmm. instead of being on the team, mm -hmm. helping the team in some yeah. way, I think that'll set me up pretty well every aspect of mm -hmm. how I'm feeling about going to grad school. So yeah. And everyone's or every athlete's journey away from their sport, it's, I don't think it's, it's not always as clean cut as maybe mm -hmm. some might think like, oh, one day I'm athlete, one day I'm not, and I feel okay about it. Yeah. No, it's like this, it, this limbo sometimes you're like, like I have two yeah. years of eligibility and so did I, and I could have gotten surgery and then maybe came back. And so it, it's a limbo and it's a process. And I think a part of that process is reaching out and doing those other things like coaching, mm -hmm. serving in a different capacity yeah. where it's like, you're still around it, but in a different way. Yeah. And that's a part of the, I guess, I would say, um, just like realigning your identity, although you don't fully like and completely aligned with just being an athlete, it's still very much a part of you. Yeah. But you're going to somehow, you know, shift and go on this journey 
you're going to serve in different roles and then you're going to be like yeah I was a, I was a track student athlete and I coached track for a little bit and I'm a sports psychologist and all of these experiences helped me but it wasn't cut and dry it's not like one day this one day that or I made this decision and I'm good it is a limbo and it is a process and that's okay. And I think that's a huge part is that yeah. athletes were, were like, no, that, you know, we train, we get better, we compete well. There's, there's formulas for success mm-hmm. and there's technically formulas for success in society too. Right. But in this transition out, it's not yeah. always perfect. There's no set way to do it. Yeah. Nobody can really tell you either because some of the people who have done it before you, they're like, I'm still doing it. Mm-hmm. Like I, don't, I haven't finished yeah. moving on to what, whatever the next step is. And so I think it's good for me to know that it doesn't have to happen immediately. Like it might be nice to have that year of eligibility in my back pocket. Cause it's like, if I decide mm-hmm. I can't just not do anything, like <laughs> I need mm-hmm. to be on a team, then I pull it out and be like, Hey, can I be on your team? I'm already going to school here. I just want to be on the team. Yeah. <laughs> Can't hurt to ask. Right. The worst they say is no. <laughs> so what if you, um, once we finish this up, do you want to tell us the best thing about being a student athlete and the most challenging thing about being a <laughs> yeah. student athlete? Is? Yeah. Um, I think the best thing is the relationships that you get to build with people. So not just my own teammates, it's other athletes in the athletic department, it's the coaches on my coaching staff, it's people in the Student Athlete Resource Center, it's individuals from teams of other schools. Um, I ended up getting a really great opportunity through a program called Student Athletes Abroad, where I was able to go for like a three-week internship in Costa Rica and meet student athletes from colleges I had never even heard of. And we were all able to bond on that aspect of being collegiate athletes and knowing, like, uh, that's part of our identity, but not all we do, because we were able to go out into the world and volunteer and do a service learning trip together. And it was a really great experience being able to connect with people and using that identity of being a student athlete. And so... I would say that's the best part. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I don't know if I would say it's the worst part, but I think one of the more challenging parts mm-hmm. of being a student right. athlete is checking yourself, <laughs> I guess. It's not necessarily like calling yourself out if you're doing something wrong, but it's checking in with yourself too, knowing how you feel about certain things that are happening or like how you feel about being injured and not being able to do your sport or how you feel about the test that was really hard in the class that you want a really great grade in. Well, you do depend on your team a lot, but you need to also realize that you're an individual too, and it's not just about what you can do that helps the team, but being able to recognize things that are going on for yourself is very important, but it's very difficult to do. Kind of like trusting your gut. Yeah. Like you really get to the point where you got to trust your gut mm-hmm. and you start believing that you can make some calls and yeah, independently. Yeah, and there are certain things where there might be things that happen where you know in your gut for a long time that you should be doing something different about it, but you're like, maybe I can just hold on for like another week and that weird pain in my leg will go away. And then it like 
doesn't. <laughs> and you're like, man, I really should have said something earlier because now I'm out for three weeks because mm-hmm. of something that I feel like I could have prevented. Maybe right. you can prevent it, maybe you can't. But trusting gut is very hard <laughs> when you get lots of other messages saying, no, you'll be fine, or you can push through it. That's the worst thing you can do to yourself as an athlete is let something get worse. Right. Whether that's a grade in a class or an injury, whatever it is, it's very hard to not stay on top of it, get ahead of it before mm-hmm. it becomes something that. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. Yeah. We appreciate your insight and your advice and good luck. It doesn't sound like you need much. It sounds like you're pretty much on the way. So that's awesome. All right. Thanks. Thank if you or someone you know is struggling with school, academics, sports-related issues, please don't wait for the situation to get out of control or worse. You are the most important part of this university. Your well-being is our concern and focus. Call 916-278-6461 today. Speak with a student counselor and get direction on where you can find help. You can also visit The Well for one-on-one counseling. If you or someone you know may be contemplating personal harm or harming others, immediately call 911 or 800-273-8255. You are not alone. Athletes Interrupted was made possible by a grant from the NCAA to support the development of well-being and resilience in student-athletes both during college and after graduation. This program was developed and research conducted by Dr. Joyce Michael Flynn and Bethany Crouch. Dr. Michael Flynn is currently a professor at Sacramento State, is a nurse practitioner, and has created a system of recovery from trauma focused on post-traumatic growth. She lectures extensively on metahabilitation, is an author, and an expert on post-traumatic growth and the subsequent rehabilitation. Bethany Crouch is Student Athlete Development and Academic Success Coordinator at her alma mater, Sacramento State. She spent 12 years in competitive gymnastics having reached level 10 as well as competing at the NCAA collegiate level. Injury ended her athletic career, but guided her to her ultimate professional goal as an athletic advisor specializing in student-athlete development.